What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I think I have a really good guest coming on. I know I'm down here in Mobile, Alabama, uh, deep, deep, deep into Braves country, but, but this man has given me the time out of his day before the Dodgers game comes on tonight with the Arizona Diamondbacks. His name is Jeff Snyder. He is one of the hosts of the Locked On Dodgers podcast, and he is coming on to talk some NOS baseball. He's going to talk a little bit about the stack division out there with the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Giants, the Padres, and so much star power out there. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the pitching performance last night from Walker Bueller. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about adding a guy like Freddie Freeman into this lineup. I mean, it's just absolute World Series contender like it's been for years past. And then we're going to talk about the hot start from Cody Bellinger. And we're going to get into a little Mookie Betts and, and talk a little bit about those guys. And, and hey, last but not least, I, I, can't, I can't shy away from this one. I'm going to ask Jeff if the Dodgers represent the National League in the World Series. Braves fans, don't get mad at me, baby. I gotta ask it. I gotta ask it. Um, I think I know Jeff's answer, but I can't wait to hear about this lineup, this team, Dave Roberts, everything about them, man. I'm super, super excited for this episode. But first, like always, we're going to give our special thanks to the Belly Up Network uh, for giving us this platform uh, on their network, and and it's just it means the world to us, and and we, we will never miss an episode with giving our thanks to them. So, with that being said, here we go. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome back in, everybody, and today we're bringing on a very special guest by the name of Jeff Snyder. He is one of the hosts of the Locked On Dodgers podcast, and we are very, very excited to have him on here today. Jeff, man, how are you doing today? I am doing really good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get out there and, and, and get you on and talk some Dodgers baseball. And, and uh, Jeff, man, the first thing I, I want to do is, is hop in here and ask you, man, how long have you been doing this and, and this podcast and covering the Dodgers, and how long have you been a Dodgers fan? So I was I was born a Dodger fan. I My my dad grew up in L.A., and mm-hmm. so he, he was four years old when the Dodgers moved to L.A., and mm. his family became a Dodgers family when, when the Dodgers moved there. Mm-hmm. And so 20 years later, I was born into it, and uh, – yeah, born and born and raised in Dodger Blue, uh, so I've always been a fan. And I started writing about baseball uh, late 2014. Uh, you know, kind of switched careers, started writing about baseball, and then in 2016 is when my co-host Vince Semperio and I started our podcast. Actually, I think today might be the anniversary of our first episode wow. of our previous podcast which was called the scully avenue podcast wow. it was once a week like a normal podcast and mm-hmm. then after about almost three years of doing that david Locke, who owns the lockdown podcast network reached out to me and asked if uh if i was interested in switching to to daily five days a week and changing the name to locked on dodgers and uh, I said, no, that sounds stupid. And he said, come on. I said, okay. So, uh, so we started doing it five days a week about uh, th- a little over three years ago. So we've been doing, yeah, Monday through Friday since I think March 25th, 2019 was our first episode as Locked On Dodgers. And we've been uh, talking Dodgers five days a week ever since then. 
Man, that's that's a hell of a story, Jeff. That's that's crazy, man. I think I'm 74 episodes in, so I just started this thing off in December, and uh, and I started off covering down here in Mobile, Alabama, man. It's 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 heavy college football, but uh, you know I, I'm a big baseball guy. I played it in high school and college, and when the lockout ended, I had to hop in here and, and get some MLB guys on, and uh, I'm just I'm really excited to have you on, man, and and. I want to jump into this baseball side of things out there in the N- excuse me out there in the NL West, man. Um, who could be the Dodgers' biggest competition this year between the Rockies, the Giants, and the Padres? Uh, it's not the Rockies. The Rockies okay. are not for real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're a fine team. They may be better than people gave them credit for. Uh, they're not as good as they've played so far. Uh, realistically, I think it's the Giants again. Yeah. I, I think. For whatever reason, the Padres, you know, obviously Fernando Tatis being hurt for the first half of the season impacts them, and and I think, but I think the Padres and Giants are going to have a decent battle for second place. Mm-hmm. I really don't think uh, over the course of a long season, I don't think either of them can really hang with this Dodgers team, yeah. unless you know there were a ton of injuries to the Dodgers. Uh, overall, you know, you talk about the game's not played on paper, but on paper does tell you what you can expect to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, yeah, the Dodgers are, on paper, easily the best team in the National League West. And the Giants have, so far this year, proven that last year wasn't a total fluke. Uh, but the Giants aren't going to win 107 games again this year. Uh, and the Dodgers very well might win 106 again this year. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's I expect the Dodgers to be you know, somewhere in the between 100 and 110 wins, and I expect the Giants and Padres both to be in the low 90s. Hmm. Well, Jeff, man, talking a little bit about the Padres, uh, I, I know what the, the the L.A. Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants are, man. I know what kind of rivalry that is. I work with a Giants fan, and uh, and I just give him hell all the time about the Dodgers just being better, okay? And uh, – and, is this Padres and Dodgers thing? Is this really a rivalry? Are are the Padres are the Padres fans trying to make it more than what it actually is? Yeah, you know the the question of whether it's a rivalry almost always comes down to do we define the word rivalry the same? Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, there's definitely elements of a rivalry, mm-hmm. uh, especially I mean, Padres fans hate the Dodgers. Yeah. And that's an that's an important you know they are very similar to Giants fans in that way. Uh, the difference is Dodger fans don't care nearly as much about the Padres. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Dodger even in the Dodgers Giants rivalry, the Dodger fans don't care as much about the Giants as Giants fans care about the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, I, I like to joke with my Giants fans friends that the one thing we have in common is our favorite team to talk about is the Dodgers. <laughs> and, and the the Padres fans definitely have that same element, uh, but like sincerely, and this isn't any sort of jab at them, but you know when the Dodgers beat the Padres, it's all right. The Dodgers won another game. When the Padres beat the Dodgers, it's like you know it's celebration time for Padres fans, and it's so it's a it's very one sided right now. And I think yeah. there's potential if the Padres can actually remain good and and be competitive and honestly last year finishing 27 games behind the Dodgers kind of put a damper on that mm-hmm. uh, but if they could get good and remain good there's some potential there 
But when you're talking about the Dodgers and Giants, there's over a hundred years of history there. There's been literal, you know, a Giants pitcher attacked the Dodgers catcher with a baseball bat in the '60s. Like there has been bad blood between the teams over the years, between the fans. It's it's a long-standing and long-building rivalry, and the Padres. I, I think Padre fans are trying to take the shortcut to the rivalry by just talking about the Dodgers a lot. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, shortcut rivalries don't really work. Well, well Jeff, man, uh, in order for the Padres to be uh, competitive this year, and in my opinion, their their superstars got to stay off motorcycles. Uh, but that's for yeah. that's for another day, uh, man. Look, I know you guys got a big a big win last night against the Diamondbacks, and I want to talk a little bit about the pitching performance from Walker Bueller. Uh, was this refreshing to see from Walker Bueller? I know he struggled early on, but man, I, what did he what did he give up three hits last night in a complete game shutout? Yeah, I uh, I actually said on yesterday morning's podcast, the episode of Locked On Dodgers, you know, before Bueller started. I uh, I was talking to Javi from Locked On Padres, and he mm-hmm. asked me if I was worried about Walker Bueller. And you know, two things I said: I said it all it take might take is going to Arizona and getting to face the D backs to kind of get him on track. And the other thing I said was there was no real underlying concern about his stuff. It was just that so far in his in his first couple starts, he hadn't had all of his pitching pitches working on the same day, or even a few of them working together. Basically, mm-hmm. each start he had one pitch that was working and then a bunch that he couldn't quite command. Mm-hmm. And what we saw last night against the D-backs was exactly what I said. He had all of his pitches working. He you know, he threw his curveball more than he ever has before because it was working, but he also threw some nasty change-ups. You know, a 92-mile-an-hour change-up is just ridiculous with yeah. that kind of movement. Uh, you know, he threw six pitches and basically commanded all six of them. And, and that's... That version of Walker Bueller, I know it was just the D-backs that he faced, mm-hmm. but there's not a team in baseball that's going to have success against Walker Bueller on a night like last night when he has all six of his pitches working. Yeah, man, it was absolutely uh, phenomenal. And, and uh, for you to give up three hits, I don't care who you're playing, when you only give up three hits in a Major League Baseball game, uh, your stuff's electric, man. Um, Jeff, man, I, I want to ask you, uh, just <laughs> – uh, uh, something that happened a couple weeks ago, uh, still with the Dodgers pitchers, man. If you were in Dave Roberts' shoes, do you pull Kershaw going for the perfect game? Absolutely. It was yes. a thousand percent the right decision. And mm-hmm. the, the one thing that people haven't acknowledged enough is that it wasn't a Dave Roberts' decision. Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw sat down in the dugout together after the sixth inning and had a conversation, mm. and they decided together that Kershaw was going to go one more inning and then call it a day. And so, I mean, and you could tell during the game, Kershaw, normally when there's a no-hitter or a perfect game going on, the pitcher is alone in the dugout and not talking to anybody and looks nervous. Kershaw mm-hmm. was talking more than usual during his starts, you know, laughing with his teammates in the dugout and, you know, just having conversations. Clayton Kershaw knew, I'm not throwing a perfect game today. This is my first start of the season. I'm coming mm-hmm. off and a season that ended in injury to my pitching arm last year, mm-hmm. shortened off season or uh, uncertain off season, but yeah, shortened because he was rehabbing the injury and then uncertain when spring training was going to start, then shortened spring training and then first start of the season. There was no way in the world Kershaw was going to throw the 110 pitches it would have taken to complete that game. Mm-hmm. He knew that Dave Roberts knew that. And so it wasn't even 
a decision. It was a foregone conclusion <laughs> that, yeah, no matter how well he pitches, he's not throwing more than 85 pitches in this game. And so it was it, as much talk as it got. Uh, it was one of the easiest decisions Dave Roberts has ever had to make as a manager, and I totally respect the way he did it, that he sat down with Kershaw and he made the decision with him. Uh, and But even if Kershaw had said, no, I can go, I can go, I'm feeling good, I can go, Dave Roberts still would have made the right decision and said, look, Kersh, mm-hmm. it's your first start of the season, come off injury, short-term, all the stuff I just talked about, mm-hmm. there's no reason to push it for this personal accomplishment. And it wasn't going to happen anyway. Kershaw himself said after the game, his slider had stopped working the previous inning. Mm-hmm. And the slider was what he had so much success with. You, you know, the, the seventh inning, he didn't get any strikeouts. The last out was a hard hit ball up the middle that Gavin Lux had to make a pretty nice play on. Kershaw wasn't going to throw a perfect game, even if he had stayed in the game. And there was zero reason to risk his health uh, yep. for the sake of a personal accomplishment that had a 3% chance of actually happening. Yeah, man, Jeff, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And for yeah. all my listeners who have asked me, there's, there's the answer of why he got pulled. And Jeff, man... One thing I want to ask you about this Dodgers lineup is how big of a move was it to go out and bring a guy in like Freddie Freeman to just add to, I mean, more star power to this lineup? Yeah, it's awesome. The Dodgers didn't need a first baseman. Max Muncy is very good. He's struggling mm-hmm. this year, probably still recovering from his own arm injury. But, mm-hmm. you know, Max Muncy is very good. Uh, they, they did not need a first baseman, but Freddie Freeman – is one of the few players in baseball who, when he's available, you make room for him. You know, and and that's what the Dodgers did. They said, okay, we have enough guys who can play enough different places. We know that Universal DH is coming, all those things. We will make room for Freddie Freeman because Freddie Freeman is the quality of hitter who can make every lineup better. And, And he's also the quality of person that, you know, in the clubhouse, everything... Everybody loves Freddie Freeman except for Ronald Acuna. And, you know, it's, uh, I mean, he is a great guy, a great player, and absolutely, you know, took a Dodgers lineup that the Dodgers literally won 106 games last year, mm-hmm. lost Corey Seager, and still somehow ended up probably a better team. No doubt. No doubt, Jeff. Um, man, down here in Braves country, it is ever since Freddie Freeman has left, it has been pure chaos. I mean, I know they got Matt Olson, but man, I mean, every day on social media, there's a Freddie Freeman post just about how he left for their arch rival and, and it just any team but the Dodgers. And funny thing, Jeff, is, is man, I'm getting married in August and I am going, me and a group of my buddies, we're going up uh, to Atlanta in June and. The Dodgers and the Giants are making their way to Atlanta. And so we are going up to see Jock Peterson come back for San Francisco. And uh, and because all my buddies are infatuated with the Pearls and and, uh, and that little playoff run. And then we are going to go the next night and see Freddie Freeman's return to the Braves. And, uh, and so I'm excited I get to experience that little moment, man. I think it's going to be... Uh, hella fun, but I will be a Dodgers fan that night because I'm I can't pull for the Atlanta Braves, man. Um. <laughs> I respect that. I hope that Braves fans treat Freddie well because he he didn't want to leave. Yeah, and you know, as upset as people are, uh, you know, he he wanted to stay, and the Braves didn't give him what he was looking for, and he had earned the right mm-hmm. to 
to be a free agent and it you know the Braves instead of giving him what he was looking for or even negotiating they they went another direction and so you know the Braves made that decision for him and you know he did great things for the Braves for the city of Atlanta over the course of his 11 or 12 years there and I hope that Braves fans give him the reception he deserves definitely Jeff man um moving on here in in this Dodgers lineup there's there's two guys I really want to talk about and one of them is Cody Bellinger and the hot start that he's gotten off to uh with the eight RBIs and the four bombs that he's already hit and then can Mookie Betts get back on track to what he was at one point yeah we'll we'll start with Mookie Mookie Mm -hmm. is I I really think he's going to be okay he's showing signs of breaking out of it already he started off slow last year too Mm -hmm. uh and the thing is, even with all his struggles, he's continuing to get on base. You know, his his on base percentage is over three thirty right now. He's yeah. currently above average at getting on base, even though he, his batting average is barely over two hundred. Mm-hmm. And you know, and when you're batting in front of Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner and Max Muncie, uh, getting on base is is plenty. Yeah, hopefully the power will start to come. His mm-hmm. his slugging percentage is much lower than we're used to. Uh, partly because the batting average is lower, but partly just because he hasn't been hitting with as much power. Uh, I think that will come. But even if we got the version of Mookie that is just good at getting on base and an elite base runner, uh, you know what, where he's batting in the lineup and who's batting behind him, that would be okay. He leads the major leagues in runs scored, despite the fact that he has basically been terrible for most mm. of the season so far. Uh, that tells you all you need to know. He's been on base 25 times, and he scored 16 runs. And that's 64% of the time he gets on base, he scores. Uh, for comparison, last year, Vlad Guerrero Jr. led the majors in runs scored. Uh, he scored 43% of the time that he got on base. Mm. The two times that Mookie himself has led the majors in runs scored, uh, he he scored 48 and 49% of the time that he got on base in wow. those two seasons. And so obviously the 64% thing isn't going to continue, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, basically Mookie should wear a shirt that says it's nice to bat in front of Trey and Freddie. You know, <laughs> every time he gets on, the, and some of it is him, he steals bases. He, he's a great base runner. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he puts himself in position to score, but also, I mean, with that lineup, all you got to do is get on base sometimes. Mm. And then as for Cody Bellinger, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been really nice. It's been something that nobody would have predicted in spring training. Mm-hmm. Even if you you felt like I did that Cody was going to be okay, he looked so lost in spring training that I didn't know how or when he was going to figure it out. And the the amazing thing is, he still has the same exact weakness that he had in spring training, mm-hmm. which is that he currently can't really hit a high fastball every once in a while he'll run into one but for the most part high fastball he really struggled with Mm -hmm. and he did this amazing thing so far in the regular season he stopped swinging at it and it's amazing if there's a pitch you can't hit don't swing at it yeah especially especially high fastball because they're almost always above the strike zone Mm -hmm. and you know and, and we learn from the time we're kids as hitters and as pitchers the hardest pitch to lay off is the high fastball because it's no the one the batter can see the best. Mm-hmm. It's right there at eye level. It's coming in, and it just looks huge. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, crap, I don't have the bat speed to get to that. Facts. And it, the high fastball is such an effective pitch 
and it's so hard to lay off. So as simple as it is to say, just stop swinging at that high fastball, it's pretty remarkable that Cody Bellinger has actually been able to do that at the major league level and make that adjustment and just stop swinging at it because when he makes the pitchers bring it down into his hitting zone, he is really, really good. And and so, you know, he's going to have slumps. It's going to go up and down. Uh, he's he's always been one of the streakiest players in baseball. But to me, the most remarkable thing is that adjustment that he's made. Mm. Man, Jeff, that's good stuff and great breakdowns on both players, man. But Jeff, one thing I, I got to ask you, I got two questions for you before I let you go, man. Uh, and, and one of them is, do you think the Dodgers represent the National League in the World Series? Uh, yeah, I mean, all we know right now is, again, on paper. But, yeah, the Dodgers are clearly the best team in the mm-hmm. National League. And, and and so anything can happen in a long season. But uh, most of the time, over the course of a long season, uh, like I, I fully 100% expect the Dodgers to win the National League West. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the playoffs can be a crapshoot. You know, anything can happen in a short series. The Dodgers know that better than anybody. You know, they've been the best team in baseball a few times, yep. and yet they only have one World Series championship. And, you know, sometimes it's because the other team cheated, and sometimes it's because <laughs> they, you know, maybe went to Clayton Kershaw in relief when they should have went to one of their eight rested relievers to get the last six outs against the Nationals in Game 5. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm still bitter or anything. <laughs> but, you know, anything can happen in the postseason. But until it happens, I'm going to go ahead and assume that the better team is going to win each series, and the Dodgers are going to be the better team in every postseason series they play. Mm. Yeah, man, uh, I, I definitely agree with you, Jeff, and and we're uh, I do not want to talk about them Astros, man. Uh, that that was just something I I just. Mm. I'm still. I still hate it. I, I don't even like. I don't even like. I, I'm a huge MLB The Show uh, guy, and I won't even put one of them on my dynasty, uh, Diamond Dynasty team, man. Like, like I just. It, it's just pure hate what they did, and and like I watch a lot of MLB Network, man, and like Carlos Correa, even though he's not with them no more, like he still defends it, and oh, we won fair and square. Like, no, you didn't. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, you cheated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. And and the fir- most frustrating thing for me as a baseball fan is how many Astros fans really and truly hope and pray that it will be revealed that another team did what the Astros did, mm-hmm. like to exonerate them or whatever. Uh, because me, as a baseball fan, I want less cheating in baseball. Yes. And they're like pray- praying for more. And honestly, if – if I found out the Dodgers had done what the Astros did, I would be so angry and disappointed mm-hmm. and hurt and heartbroken, you know. But but for some reason they've leaned into it and just uh, you know the well we needed this after Hurricane Harvey and blah 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 blah. It was and for me what the Astros did in 2017 it was just another terrible thing that happened to the city of Houston in 2017 and mm-hmm. and. You know, the city of Houston and Astros fans deserve better. And I know it's a vocal minority who've kind of leaned into it. But, uh, man, that minority is vocal and they are obnoxious. Well, Jeff, man, one of my one of my biggest things is is nothing really. I mean, nothing really happened to, to guys like Altuve, um, who was wearing a, a buzzer underneath his jersey and. It's like the MLB just kind of swept it under the rug, man, and and oh well, just carry on like nothing really ever happened. And 
I, I was calling for at least a year suspension. Like, hey, like you can't play baseball for a whole year. Like, you you were literally being told what pitches were coming. I mean, I can't I can't get down with that. I can't support the Houston Astros at all. Like, I I just can't. Yeah, and I understand the situation Rob Manfred was in. You know, he made deals with the the union. Said I won't punish any of the players as long as they're honest with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I and. I, I understand why he felt like that was the necessary step. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still could have, you know, stripped the Astros title. Yeah. And it's something that's never been done in baseball. And I definitely don't think it should have been awarded to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, But, you know, stripping the title would have been a way to punish the players without yeah. punishing any individual players. And, and therefore, it's something he could have gotten away with doing. and And that would have been a big deal uh i don't know if it would have been enough but it it would have been a very big deal and you know and maybe the worst part of all this is that alex bregman still gets away with claiming he's six feet tall when he's clearly (laughs) five eight hey (laughs) jeff man that's funny stuff that is funny stuff but hey man before last question before i let you go jeff uh i had jackson olsen on here tiktok star moved out to la and um he is doing a um a tour of each stadium in in california right and so he went to dodger stadium through the game time app and everything he makes all the tiktok content and he went to dodger stadium and and he said that, of course, he gave it like a 9.5 review out of 10, right? But he said that you guys hype up the Dodger dog, and it's really not that good. Is that true? Uh, 100%. The The great thing about the Dodger dog is it means you're at Dodger Stadium, and that's the only good thing about a Dodger dog. Oh. Uh, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, any hot dog is good. Yeah. If you like hot dogs, a Dodger dog is going to be – you're going to like it. You're going to eat – you know, if you sit in the, the baseline club where it, it's all you can eat, yeah, you're mm-hmm. going to eat 10 or 12 Dodger dogs, you know. But, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's not good by hot dog standards. It's uh, among the, the worst ballpark hot dogs I've had. Uh, but what it means is you're at Dodger Stadium, and that's what makes it a wonderful thing. Uh, so, yeah, it Dodger dogs, I've never really understood the hype, except that uh, it means you're at Dodger Stadium, and there's no better place in the world to be than Dodger Stadium. Man, love that, Jeff. Thank you for being honest about it. Um, Jeff, I have absolutely enjoyed you giving me uh, 20 minutes out of your day, man, and, and I really appreciate you. I hope I can get you back on, and, and I always ask my guests, man, maybe around the All-Star break we could possibly get you back on and recap the Dodgers' first half of the season. How, how would you feel about that? Absolutely. Happy to do it anytime. Man, that's awesome, Jeff. Hey, before I let you go, drop a Twitter handle if you could so my followers could go uh, look you up on Twitter and follow you, man. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Snydog. It's S-N-I-D-O-G. It's just my last name with a og instead of an er at the end. Uh, yeah, I'm almost 100% of my tweets are about the Dodgers. Uh, it, so man. if you want to talk baseball Dodgers with me over there, hit me up anytime. Man, that's awesome, Jeff. Jeff, appreciate you coming on, man, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Man, everybody, that's Jeff Snyder, co-host of the Locked on Dodgers podcast. Just hopping on, chopping it up about the, about the Los, Los Angeles Dodgers, man. The Dodger dog killed me, y'all. It absolutely killed me. <laughs> hey, he's honest, man. He's honest. Uh, 
you know, he broke down the, the NL West standings, you know, what he thought, the Dodgers, the Rockies, he was honest there, the Giants and the Padres, you know, he, he thinks that the Giants are once again going to be the, the Dodgers' toughest test. And then uh, he talked a little bit about the pitching performance from Bueller. Can he keep it going throughout the season and, and bringing, it, bringing over Freddie Freeman, just absolute just – Stellar stuff, man. Stellar stuff from Jeff. And we really appreciate you coming on. And, guys, hey, tomorrow we're going to run the Red Sox on this puppy, all right? We're bringing the pesky report. Bringing the pesky report onto the podcast. Talk a little Red Sox baseball. All right, we're not through with this thing, man. I'm gonna try to get, I'm gonna try to get to every major league baseball team on the podcast. I'm gonna try to get a representative from every single one, and and we're gonna run. We're going to run this thing sky high. So thank you all for listening. Once again, check it out tomorrow. If you could, go to Apple, Spotify, leave a review, five-star review, whatever. If you don't like the show, just act like you never listened to it. And, guys, I'll catch you all tomorrow. I'm out.